Welcome to Through the Bible with Dr. Buddy Walls. Today's Bible lesson, we will be talking about eternity in man's heart. Eternity in man's heart. I know that there are a lot of people who seem to it rather easy to believe that God is eternal, but rather difficult to believe that God has put eternity or everlastingness into the hearts of men and women. We need more courage to preach and teach the image of God in man. And by that, I do not mean that unconverted man is already saved. Many have not believed and reject Christ. The only reason that a man or woman can be saved is that God has put eternity in his heart. Man is fallen, yes. Man is lost, a sinner, and needs to be born again. But God has made man in his own image, and he keeps longing after eternity and a desire after everlasting there within the heart of man. In the book of Psalms, chapter 90, verse 2, Psalms, chapter 90, verse 2, the Holy Ghost speaking through the psalmist in Old Testament times caused him to testify, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. If you could trace that word everlasting in the Hebrew language, you will find that it can mean time out of mind, and it can mean always, or it can mean to the beginning, past. From everlasting to everlasting, God is God. From the beginning, past, to the endless future, God is God. That is what the Holy Ghost says about the person and the eternal nature of God. Now, if you have one of those mousetrap minds open and shut, you will you you will casually remark, it is quite simple. That is a attribute of God called eternity. So, and so systematic theology. Now let's go out and have a soda. Then you will dismiss it and leave it or tuck it away in your memory among the unused items in the attic of your soul. But listen, if you let it live and the Holy Ghost is allowed to bring his radiance to it, there can be a lot deeper meaning. For we are between the everlasting uh, vanishing point of a forgotten yesterday and the equally everlasting vanishing point of an unborn tomorrow. Let me explain God's own everlastingness. We take it for granted and we are not surprised at all about the eternal nature of God. But the greater wonder is that God has seen fit to fit his own everlasting everlastingness within the hearts of men and women. This is really the amazing thought set down for us in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 where it says that God has made everything beautiful in his time and he has set the world in their hearts. King James Bible. The word world used there is exactly the same word used by the Holy Ghost when he said everlasting. He said the nature and person of God is everlasting. And then he said within that the heart of the creature named man and whom God made in his own image, there resides this quality of everlastingness. One translation of this passage reads, God hath put eternity into man's mind. That is it, with a period. 
it is uh, though God is indeed saying that he has put time out of mind and into the heart of man, that he has put the everlasting and beginning less always into the heart of man. It says that God had put in the heart of man an affinity for everlastingness. Specialists are trying to give many reasons and explanations for the condition of mankind. And I have no hesitation in speaking up about the troubled state in which men and women flounder around. Yes, men and women flounder in a state of confusion, not knowing good from evil, evil from good, and not knowing their creator. If they did, you would not see all the protests and times of no peace. There could be peace if the creation knew the creator. I believe that this is the truth about our troubles and our problems. We are disturbed because God has put everlastingness or eternity in our hearts. Although there be many that will not accept what God has given him. He has put something within men and women that demands God and heaven. And yet we are too blind and sinful to find him or even to look for him. In a real sense, God has spoiled man by giving him this touch of eternity in his soul. If we were of the earth only and we belonged to the beast, we would never be disturbed. But man cannot agree to lie down with the beast and be no more. What, then, is the matter with man? Why does he roam and fret and fight and like the lion in a cage, pace back and forth and roar to the heavens before he dies? The beasts in the field do not have any wars. The cattle in the pasture do not have any dens, casinos, or whorehouses. Why is it that only man among the creatures plot and scheme to form devices such as murder? When we say that man lives a beastly life, we are insulting the beast and lying about the man. Sin is not beastly, it is devilish. And the beasts of the forest are not bothered with the devil. Only people, men and women, have a rough time with the devil, and the reason is plain. God has put the appreciation of everlastingness in their hearts. He has made them in his own image. He has put an inner longing for immortality in their hearts. Once more, I repeat, our preaching and our teaching do not emphasize strong enough that God made man in his own image. The modernists have scared us out. The Christian church is in need of many more men in, with backbone and intestinal fortitude, men who are not scared and cowering all the time. Men and women need to be told plainly again and again why they are disturbed and why they are upset. They need to be told why they are lost, that, they, that if they will not repent, they will certainly perish. Doctors and counselors will tell troubled men and women that their problems or psychological, but it is the long, longing for eternity. Have you ever heard a lot of people right before they got saved? I was to say I was looking for something. That is what they are talking about. God instituted in them a longing for heaven for eternity. Many will not accept this free gift to their own destruction. God made man in his own image, and that sin has marred the soul of man and ruined it. When a man lifts his heart to God and prays, 
he's going to be it's going to be the most natural thing in the world because God made him originally to do that very thing. Even some of these primitive tribes around the world do not know about the New Testament Jesus. They will still look up to the heaven and talk to their God. Why? Because God has put in their hearts to do so because man is made in his image. God made you with eternity in your hearts so that when you turn your face toward the eternal one and ask, God have mercy on me, a sinner, and then go on to say, our Father in heaven, you are finally being what God intended you to be in the first place. But then, you look down at the earth like a beast, you are not being natural, you are being sinful. When you refuse to call God through Jesus Christ, you are not doing the natural thing, you are, you are doing the diseased thing. Sin is to human nature what a cancer is to the human body. When a man has been delivered from a cancerous growth in his body and is able to breathe and live without pain and knows that he is free, he is doing a natural thing. So too, when the Redeemer sinner says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. And he is doing that which goes back to the Garden of Eden, to the loins of Adam, yet, yes, farther back than that to the new Adam, Jesus Christ our Lord. Yes, God has put a longing after him, immortality in our hearts. That is what the spirit of man wants. And he dies of suffocation when he does not get it. I want to give you an example of that. Many years ago, they used to take birds down into the coal mines in order to detect the presence of a natural dangerous gases. They do everything by machines and devices now. There was a time when they would take a bird in their cages and leave them in an area where it was suspected that poisonous gases might be present. The mine owners had determined that certain birds would react quickly to the dangerous gas. If there was a high concentration of the poisonous gas, the birds would quickly fall down and die at the bottom of his cage. Now, plainly, that was a bird that was created by God, a miracle in feathers, a wonder with wings, created into intended to soar over the green meadows and look into the shining sun and breathe the free air of the heavens. But take him down into the depths of the underground mine where there is blackness and pollution and he quickly dies of suffocation. You can apply that to the soul of man. God created man a living soul and intended him to rise and mount into the eternities and live with God. The Creator made us to look back on the everlasting vanishing point that was and then on into the eternal vanishing point that will be feeling no age and no counting birthdays, but like God, living in God. But sin has ruined us. We have listened to that serpent, the devil. We have gone down into the isolate, dark, poison-infected pockets of the world, and men are dying everywhere of spiritual suffocation. You see them and you recognize their condition. The world is full of hopeless, helpless human beings. 
Some in society in big homes and big cars. Some are in jails, in hospitals, in, in, in asylums. They make me think again of the poor birds that God made to sing and soar, but are now being smothered to death in the bowels of the earth. That is the picture of mankind. The feverish activity is one sign of what is wrong with us. I like my wife's favorite Bible verse in the book of Psalm chapter 46, verse 10, where it says, Be still and know that I am God. If people would obey the word, you would not see all the protests. Sin has plunged us into the depths and so marked us with mortality that we have become brother to the clay. We call the worm our sister and death our brother, but God never meant it to be so. God made the man upright, saying, Now let us make man in our image. And in, in the image of God made he him and gave him dominion. But God has sinned. And all that he has left is an appreciation of the divine and a hidden wish that he might have eternal life. I want to make a statement. There is nothing divinely good in this world without the imprint of our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever really noticed the marks of the curse? There are three very distinct marks of the ancient curse resting upon everything in this world. First, everything is recent. Second, everything is temporary. Third, everything is transient or can be moved. As opposed to eternity, everything that man is proud of, his automated electrical goo gadgets, his high-powered automobiles, his ability to go flying through the skies, his computer technology with his cell phones are all recent. The animal man with his busy brain says, these are the most wonderful things in the world. But his inner being would cry out if he would let it. No, no, that is not the answer. That is something that belongs to the brain and to the world, but my heart is still crying for everlastingness. Temporary and transient things surround us, but their curse is that they belong to us only for a brief day. The curse is that man settles down in contentment, completely satisfied with the gadgets and the devices which assure him every creature comfort as long as he lives. I said this from day one. Creature comforts have been the downfall of man. We had rather be comfortable in our easy chairs than make an effort to serve the Lord. That is not a popular message because now you are meddling. It is true if you live long enough and the rapture does not take place, someone one day will pull up in one of those fancy vehicles. Two gray-faced men will get out and lug you in a basket away from your radio, your laptop, your cell phone, and your 55-inch screen TV, your electric stove, your refrigerators and sweepers and massagers, they will lug you out and someone will prepare you for your funeral. It is not the brain. It is not our human cleverness. It is not our modern progress that is going to win. If this is a our pride and our desire, our desire and our joy. The Bible says it is better never to have been born. And that is where the majority of the world is. Do you ever think creature comforts will make it easier to get 
getting to hell because when people get there, it will still be hell. Always remember, everything is transient and temporary. Everything we can touch is temporary. The world will offer you every trinket and pacifier known to man to make this world more comfortable. And I'm afraid too many pastors are trying to pacify people to join their social club. Imagine baby Jesus walking in the flesh. It was God Almighty come to live among us to redeem us and to save us from the recent and the temporary and transient and to give us eternity. Every one of us who will receive him has that eternal life, which was with the Father and yet given unto men. How wonderful that a loving God gives us this, and yet how terrible that we refuse and reject and have to be whipped into heaven with the thongs of hell. It does not make me feel good that I have family that won't give God a second thought. A day is coming when every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess who is Lord. O oh God, only God offers us true light. The sin is in our nature has ruined us, but he only asks that we turn to Jesus Christ and confess Lord Jesus, I believe you. I believe that you are the eternal word and that in you have the everlasting that is equal to God's everlastingness, that eternal life, which was with the Father. I'd like to ask you one question before I close. Are you 100% sure that you're going to go to heaven? Now, if you're... 35%, 50%, 75%, 75%, or even 99% sure that you're going to go to heaven. I've got some sad news. You're not going to make it. You have to be 100% sure that you're going to heaven. And this is what you have to do. The very first thing you have to do is recognize, first of all, that you are a sinner. The Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God. Then... You have to repent of that sin. In other words, give it up. Go a different direction. Now, you can repent a thousand times. won't do you one bit of good until you actually give that sin up and go a different direction. And then you have to believe on the work of the cross. you got to believe that Jesus was sacrificed on the cross. He died a death that we should have died, but he died our death. And then um, three days later, you know, he was put in a oral tomb. Three days later, he rose from the dead. And he's sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and I. That's how you get to heaven. The only way we can get to heaven, you know, we all come the same way to heaven. We have to go there through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's how we have eternal life. I hope you enjoy this, and uh, we'll catch you down the road. Dr. Buddy Wall signing off.